At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And for all those on Facebook Live, you can see we are in our new studio. Yes, it's a nice, great new studio, lots of space, great brick wall you can see behind me, and uh, very tall ceilings, which you can't see on the video. Um, but we feel really good about moving into the new space. This has been our first week broadcasting from the new space. Thank God everything's been going well. Um, I really appreciate everyone who has been helping out with the move. A big shout out to all my interns. Um, they have been amazing and they have really helped to make this process uh, so smooth. And And I, I just want to talk briefly before I get into the quotes of the day that I even did a blog post today about receiving help. And this is something that is... Uh, for so many of us, it is important to keep in mind because I know for myself, I have that tendency. I have that streak within me of, um, you know, doing everything myself and, uh, you know, I need to do it on my own because no one can do it as good as me and all that kind of nonsense. And it has been a process over the years to learn to accept help from other people. And now that I am much more so able to accept help and to, um, to allow others to help and do the things that they want to do and, and, and really contribute, uh, life is just so much easier. So um, a big shout out to everyone who helped with the move. Great to have them all. And uh, thank you all my listeners. And wow, we got a whole bunch of people already on the Facebook Live. Joe, Sam, Mark, Jonathan, Bahar, Richard, welcome, welcome to the show today. All right, let's get started with our quotes from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see what they have in store for us today. First, from the universe. Sometimes when things take longer than you thought they would, it's just a gentle reminder that you have more time than you thought and that there's a journey to enjoy. Yeah, like all the time in the world, Enjoy every minute, the universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe, reminding us that we actually do have a lot more time than we give ourselves credit for. And, you know, it's interesting. I have a friend of mine, when somebody says life's short, they always respond, no, life is long. And I think that's what the universe is trying to remind us, that life is as short or as long as we perceive it to be. And the more we realize that we actually have all the time we need. Because really this idea of future and past, it's really an illusion. We only have the present moment. We only have right here, right now. 
and that's all we need. So, yes, we have all the time in the world because everybody in the world is only in the moment right now, right here. There's only this minute, this second, and I'm glad we're spending it together. All right, let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. A very good career choice would be to gravitate towards those activities and to embrace those desires that harmonize with your core intentions, which are freedom and growth and joy. Make a, quote, career of living a happy life rather than trying to find work that will produce enough income that you can do things with your money that will then make you happy. When feeling happy is of paramount importance to you and what you do, quote, for a living, unquote, makes you happy, you have found the best of all combinations. Abraham. Oh, thank you for all the hearts and and, uh, and streams and the... And something fell down. It's okay. Um, on the Facebook Live, welcome, Cole. We, I missed you last night when your hubby was on uh, Elizabeth's show. Um, so what is Abraham saying here? When it comes to the work that we do, and you know, we think of about supporting ourselves, about you know, paying our bills, making enough money. To, to have a comfortable lifestyle, to, to be able to do the things we enjoy doing. What Abraham is saying here is as opposed to looking for, oh, just, just, just you know, let me find a job that makes lots of money and when I have lots of money, then I'll be real happy. Now, Abraham is saying here, you got it kind of backwards. Look at what are your core intentions? What are, what is the heart of what you really want? Because ultimately, there's one thing or two things that ultimately we really want in life. We want to be happy and we want our freedom. That's really it. When you come, come down to the really core essentials, we want to be happy and we want our freedom. So what Abraham is saying is, why not look for work that aligns with those core desires? right? What kind of work are you happy doing? And it doesn't necessarily mean the work that you're good at. You could be good at something, but it doesn't necessarily make you real happy. You know, I'm good with numbers. I'm good with computers. And I enjoy working with them, but I enjoy working with people even more. So for me, it's all about working with people. So what is it that makes you happy? Now, this may sound simple, this may sound very logical, but it goes right over many people's heads. And I remember this one time uh, so acutely uh, uh, when I was back in college and I was on the speech and debate team. There's this guy who who had been on the speech, speech and debate team before he graduated, and he would come back and help out sometimes after he graduated. And he was working for like some big insurance company. And I I believe his degree was like in economics or something. And at the time, you know, computer systems, IT, mainframe systems were were really big. And he took the test to get into their MIS program. And he got into the MIS program and he started training and learning all about computers and computer programming and this and that. And I saw him like six months later and I'm like, so how's the new program going? How does it feel to be a programmer now? And he goes, oh, I hate it. I'm like, what? You, you like, we're so excited about this. You were working so hard to, towards it. You hate it. I said, why are you doing it? And he was like, oh, because I'm making so much more money than I did before. And I like, I like scratched my head and I was like, huh? I, I like, I just couldn't get it. Like, why would you do something you hate just for the money? And I don't know. There are a lot of people who do. Maybe I'm just built differently. But for myself personally, there's so many different things that I'm interested in. 
why would I settle for something I don't like to do? Why would I do work I don't like just for a paycheck? I can find things I like and still get a paycheck. So uh, it just it was an early lesson for me. And, and again, I was only in college at the time. What did I know? And when I got out, I actually did find lots of different jobs that I enjoyed. And, and, and actually, for me personally, what I learned over time was that the environment that I worked in was much more important to me than the actual work I was doing. As long as I was working with people, as long as it wasn't completely boring and mind-numbing, yeah, if, if I did a job and I, I enjoyed doing it, I was working with people, I was happy. And that to me was always much more important. That's why, like, I never went for my MBA. A lot of, I, I got to a point in my career, people were saying, oh, you should get your MBA, you'll make more money. And I was like, yeah, it just, it didn't appeal to me. Like, it just didn't make me feel good. So I was like, no, that's not for me. So what Abraham is saying in this quote is, you know, follow your joy, follow your bliss. Doesn't mean you're always going to, you know, make a ton of money just doing one thing that you're really happy about. But even if it's not the thing that makes you the most happy, lean in that direction, gravitate towards happiness. You know, or, or do you enjoy working with people? Maybe you don't enjoy working with people. Maybe you prefer working with computers and equipment. So find something where you can work with equipment. But it doesn't have to be just one thing. And, and that's what I really want to impress upon you today is we can work at different things and be happy. It doesn't have to be one thing. You know, a lot of people I know who like want to be actors and actresses, you know, they want to be the star of a movie or a play. But sometimes th those roles don't come around so often. And there are a lot of other things that you can do that you can still be happy about that maybe are supporting in the entertainment industry. You know, if you know, like, just you want to work in the entertainment industry and that what makes you happy, great. There are many different things that you can do that way. Find where your joy leads you and find where people see the value in what you can contribute and they will pay you for that value because ultimately that's what it's about. When people see value in what you're contributing, regardless of what the work is, they will pay you. So find where you can add value and be happy at the same time. So two wonderful quotes from the universe and from Abraham today. Um, I hope you enjoyed them. And when we come back from break, I'm going to introduce you to our guest who's on the line today, an amazing author with some very much in alignment with these quotes. And I think you will really like them. So quick shout out to Denise, fellow talk show host, tuning in on, on the Facebook Live. Uh, Cole e and Elaine, thank you guys for all tuning in. And we will be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Who do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow, Follow Me Friday, Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're, We're your digital, digital connectors. connectors. Woo woo! What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, quick shout out to Dell. Thank you for joining the Facebook Live. And just a quick reminder, if anybody um, wants to uh, comment or ask questions, just type it right into the comment section of the Facebook Live, or you can always call us at 877-480-4120. It is now my extreme pleasure to welcome our guest, Derek Rydell, who's one of the new generation of spiritual visionaries and thought leaders and is a number one best-selling author of the book, Emergence, Seven Steps for Radical Life Change. And in that book, he revealed revolutionary principle, the law of emergence, showing people how to tap into the pattern of perfection in any area of their life and create the right conditions to unfold it. However, he, we're here to talk about his new book, The Abundance Project, 40 Days to More Wealth, Health, Love, and Happiness, where Derek presents a time-tested system for activating the abundance principle, which sets you free from the belief that outer conditions determine your life and shows you how to generate everything you need, no matter what conditions you face. And just to give you an idea, this guy is no slouch. Uh, uh, Derek has a diverse background that includes includes training executives at Fortune 500 companies like uh, American Express and Walt Disney and empowered uh, leadership and empowered leadership and communications, as well as coaching celebrities and media professionals on creating conscious entertainment. And he's also a fellow uh, uh, podcast uh, host uh, of his own top rated show called The Emergence Podcast, and he's where he shares his spiritual principles for success and strategies for achieving financial freedom and abundance, as well as master productivity and creativity and gain true wealth and happiness. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Derek. Oh, thank you. It's such an honor and a pleasure to be here. Ah, well, it's great to have you. It's great to have you. Um, so I, I have to ask you, 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 you wrote this book on the law of emergence and now a new one on the abundance principle. Uh, like, did you know when you were younger that, that you know, you were ending up going to be an author and, and, and work on and, and helping people to understand these principles of the universe? No, no. When I was younger, I thought I was going to be a time traveler and build time machines. So. <laughs> ah, I love In it. In fact, I built, I built a few of them, you know. Uh, unfortunately, the cardboard wasn't quite the right material. Uh, another dimension. But, no, you know, what's interesting, though, is when I look back and reflect on my journey, all the clues were there. Uh, I was an artist, and I was, okay. you know, drawing and painting uh you know, kind of utopian of possibility. And I was, uh, I had painted something about pollution and how to end it on the planet. And when I got to be uh, a teenager, I became really interested in religions and would go to my friends' houses. Uh -huh. They study different religions, you know, Judaism, Christianity, Buddhism. And I didn't know why I was interested in that. And then when I was in my late teens or maybe mid-teens, I always used to have this, I used to have this experience where I would suddenly see the best in my friends and I would have to tell them what I was seeing and it freaked them out. You know, my one friend even uh, gave it a name. He called it the love bomb. And he wasn't being, <laughs> he, that wasn't a compliment. He's like, dude, what's with the love bomb, man? Uh. Um, so I had to kind of put that under wraps for a while so I could see uh. all the clues of a seeker of something was emerging and now many of those things, you know, showed up in my life. I did not think I was going to write books. In fact, when I first got the hit, you know, the download that I was supposed to write my first book, I was very resistant because it felt like an assignment in my English class. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was a dramatic writer of plays and stuff, but not of uh, nonfiction. And, you know, as things, when you honor the guidance and the direction and you're willing right. to grow to meet it, a whole new world opens up. And, of course, that's what happened for me. Right, right. So you said you, you, you kind of got this hit to write your first book. Was there uh, some kind of incident or something that happened in your life at the time that made you say, you know yeah. what, I, I got to put this stuff down on paper? Yeah, really great question. Yeah, what happened was I was a, I was a script I was a script 
doctor, script consultant. I was an actor, okay. and then I started writing screenplays. And, um, and then I became a very successful script consultant and, uh, and, you know, began to write scripts. And I would get into situations where they'd be optioned to be made into movies and big stars would be attached and mm-hmm. all this build up only to watch it fall to pieces over and over again. Uh, and a screenplay is basically a blueprint for a movie. It's right. not something people just hand around and read. They don't curl up by the fire and read a nice screenplay usually. Right. So <laughs> it's, like, it's like an architect constantly creating blueprints and never seeing a building erected. And the pain of never really being able to give birth to my creations fully drove me to ask, how can I express myself in a way where uh, the potential of it fulfilling itself in the world and doing its work in the world isn't dependent on a bunch of other people's agendas. And what came very clearly is I need to write a book because the book is the thing. Even if I published it, it's still the completed thing. And it was right. the beginning of me taking more control or dominion over my own life rather than feeling like a victim of other people's decisions. And, and it came through very clearly what to write and, um, and I sold it very quickly and, you know, that was my career as an author of wow. books. But so it was, it was only the pain of, uh, you know, kind of my creative life suffering a stillbirth over and over again right. that I finally, it drove me to dig deeper and to become better and ultimately to open right. opportunity. So, and of course that led to multiple books and right. multiple businesses and, you know, the life that I live now. Right. One and of that's, the things that and, led to it. And that's a really great lesson for people. And I want to just focus on this for a minute that, you know, we often think of pain as being a bad thing, that pain is something we want to try and avoid, yet it was the pain of things not working out for you that actually drove you, as you said, for digging deeper and to come up with something new and to um, really experience um, becoming an author that had the pain not been there, you might not have. So was that pain a bad thing? No, not really. Um, so I think that's a good thing for our audience to keep in mind that sometimes we need the pain to motivate us to help make us feel uncomfortable enough so that we do something different. Absolutely. I would even go so far as to say not sometimes, but <laughs> always the pain is a message. Yeah. And a chronic pain is often a message that you are trying to cope or manage to live in a world that is actually too small for you now. Mm. And like in the emergence principle that I talk about, if you could imagine an acorn had self-consciousness, and so it, it knows itself as an acorn, the only thing the acorn wants to do is be the best nut in the forest, right? Yeah. It doesn't know itself as a mighty oak tree. Right. And so when, if, if that was the case, if it had self-consciousness, when the oak was starting to emerge and cracking its shell to the acorn, that would be extremely painful. And if it, mm. if it had self-consciousness, it would probably call in the shell repairman to <laughs> please fix my shell, hold my shell. This is the only thing protecting me and keeping me safe and alive. Um. And in fact, it has to die to its acornness in order for the oak to emerge. And so in nature, it doesn't it can resist that emerging impulse. Hmm. But humanly, we can't until pain becomes suffering, and then it becomes stagnation, and then we are trying to still live like an acorn when who we really are is an oak tree. Right. And that's where many of our problems show up. They show up as all these symptoms, you know, health, wealth, relationship issues, emotional issues. And then we just try to fix the emotional, relational, financial issue, right. when often the real issue is there's a bigger version of us trying to emerge right. and get in touch with it and come into integrity with it and let it out. And um, I'll say one last quote, because I know you like quotes. <laughs> um, yeah. There's a quote in the Gospel of Thomas, that one of the lost books, uh, yeah. and it says, if you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. Ooh. So it's very powerful. And in wow. nature, it could be said as 
either bloom or be pruned. So mm. we're, we're, we're being called always to a bigger life, a better life, a more abundant life. But because we're attached to our past, our story, our identity, our self-concept, we often resist it and what ensues is pain and struggle. Mm. So in my experience, all pain is a signal. There's more of you trying to come out. Wow. Okay. So I take it that's the the law of emergence, that there's always something greater within us that's working to to come out, to emerge. Always. Always. Even in science, they have the principle of the chaos theory, which says that behind, if you step back far enough from any chaotic appearance, and chaos is the disintegration and the breakdown of structures, if you step back far enough, there's a larger order always emerging. And they even have a new word called chaotic. Ah, yes, yes, yes. The, the law of uh, entropy and enthalpy. Um, exactly. So it sounds like the um, the abundance project sounds like a logical next step from the the emergence. Yeah. Well, what happened was, um, you know, I had if you, if you read emergence, and if not, I'll just super briefly share. You know, like so many people, I'd been on a, a personal development journey for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And after over a decade of trying to self, you know, improve myself, the only thing I had improved was my ability to describe why my life was so messed up. <laughs> and, um, and eventually the frustration, stress of it drove me to become addicted to drugs and alcohol, almost uh, died of an overdose. Ooh. And then a few months later, almost drowned. And in that drowning experience, I I had a breakthrough, a revelation, a satori. Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall, and something cracked open in me just before I was about to drown. And I saw that this guy I've been trying to fix and improve was just a figment of my imagination Uh, and an amalgamation of societal conditioning, peer mm -hmm. pressure, etc. But there was a real me behind that that had never been hurt so he didn't need to be fixed and was already complete so he didn't he could not be improved upon that in fact self-improvement mm. was an oxymoron mm. and it was a super fast glimpse but it shattered my self-concept and I mm. pulled out of society to become a monk and oh. that didn't work out too well <laughs> I began to fasting and silence I got so freaked out I broke into the monk's kitchen in the middle of the night and stole food out of their refrigerator <laughs> so what, I decided what? maybe I- I have to ask you. I went on this inner journey to discover what had happened. What did I see? And that's when I discovered this vision, this awareness of which is basically that everything you need to be all you're meant to be is already in you, like every other seed on the planet. And when the conditions are right, it emerges. So so that that changed my life. It took me from being broke and broken into all the things I do now and very rapidly. But along the way, I also discovered why was more abundance showing up? What was behind this this aspect of, and not just for me, but for the people I began to coach and support, I saw that one very specific thing was they were having more and more abundance. Not just abundance of wealth, but abundance in many areas of their life where there was stagnation and lack. Okay. Discovered that one of the aspects of the emergence, or what I call the emergeneering process, um, revealed the key of what I call, went to call the abundance principle. Okay. So, Derek, and, can we hold and, it there for a second? Yes, sir. Uh, I, I want you to hold that thought because when we come back from break, I want to dive into the abundance project. But just real quickly, I just have to know what kind of monk did you try to become? It was um, self realization fellowship. Uh, what is okay. that? Is that Hinduism? Ah, uh, okay. Just curious because this station was actually founded by a gentleman who ended up becoming a Theravadan monk, um, Giorgio, who's still very near and dear to our hearts. So wow. uh, I, I always have, there's this very special place in my heart for, for all monks. So, monks. <laughs> all right. <Me> too. <laughs> so, so uh, I want you to hold that thought. I want everybody on the you Facebook Live uh, or listening on talkradio.nyc. If you have questions, you can call in at 877-480-4120 or simply post your questions in the comment section of the video on Facebook Live. And we will be right back after these messages. Ding, ding, ding. 
You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. Are you feeling unhappy with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth Tripp, your host of Nourish the Soul. Join me to uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to living a healthy life. Join us every Wednesday at my new time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with author Derek Rydell, author of the book, The Abundance Project. Um, so we left off last segment, uh, Derek, kind of talking about how as you began to realize uh, that you don't need to be fixed, which is uh, something that, that, that I also, through my own work, I'd come to a couple of years ago, um, and, and how when you started working with your clients, like abundance just seemed to naturally unfold in front of yourself and the people that you worked with. So what was it that you noticed that, that kind of why this was happening? Yeah, well, one of the stages in the emergence process is give what appears missing. Hmm. And it's based on the, the principle, the core principle of emergence, which is that, as I was saying, everything is already in you. Just like the oak is already in the acorn, right. the acorn doesn't go out and get an oak or attract an oak or achieve an oak or improve <laughs> itself into an oak. It allows that which is already in it to come out. And this, this was a revelation to me. This was when I went back and began reading the great text, the Christian t teachings of Jesus and all that, I could see that's exactly what he was teaching too. He called it the kingdom of heaven. Buddha mm -hmm. called it nirvana. Lao Tzu mm -hmm. called it the death. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Out of us. And so I began to realize that we didn't come here to get anything. We brought it all with us to let it out of us, to give it, mm. circulate it, to share it. And that whatever we meet is what we bring. That whatever we're waiting for, we're actually waiting with and weighing it down. Mm. And that this is the ultimate weight loss program. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was the big revelation. It was like, oh, this is the key. It, and I could begin to see when I was diagnosing a person's situation Wherever there was stagnation and lack, they were either waiting for something to change in them or outside or someone, or they were um, in resistance to, the, to the, the condition that something was missing, or they were blaming, judging, attacking, or trying to manipulate the person or condition to get the thing they thought was missing. And all of those things were exacerbating their feeling of stagnation and stuck and victimhood. But when we reversed it, and we identified what they were experiencing missing. Let's say it's a relationship. I'm not being appreciated enough, mm. valued enough, respected enough. When they began to give that quality first to themselves, in other words, right. ask the question, if I was really, if I felt truly loved or if I loved and valued myself, how would I treat me? 
how would I show mm-hmm. up today? How would I show up in this relationship? Right. It started to turn on this inner generator and they started to activate that quality within them and their situation began to shift as a result. And then the next question is, how can I give this to the other person rather than trying to get it? Right. And that up, up leveled it yet again. And then finally, be on the lookout for where the quality actually is coming to you. And they began mm-hmm. to see it. And those are the three steps. In fact, that is the law of circulation. You uh, cannot give what you don't have. You cannot keep what you don't give. Mm-hmm. And you cannot sustain what you won't receive. And when mm-hmm. those three pieces were going, it was a complete circuit. It, it fixed what was a broken circuit. And wherever there's a complete circuit, there's circulation. Mm-hmm. And wherever there's circulation, there's energy, there's power, and there's growth. Mm-hmm. And Beautiful. so I began to notice people have these broken circuits. And when I showed them how to repair the circuitry, life started flowing again. And when life, mm-hmm. you know, think about a body of water where there's no inlet or outlet, there's no flow, it becomes a swamp. What happens to the environment? It starts to right. die around it. It stagnates. You yeah. open, right? It stagnates. The animals stop coming to drink. The animals stop doing what they do, the plants stop growing as much, and it becomes what was an oasis becomes a swamp. But if you open up the inlet and outlet again, and circulation starts over time, that swamp will become an oasis again. Right. And I think it's such a, a, a beautiful reminder that, you know, if there's something missing that we feel that we think that in our rational mind we say oh I don't have enough this in my life I don't have enough that in my life it's a call for us to give more of that if if you know you feel you don't have uh, enough friendships in your life how are you being friendly to others if you, yeah. you want more support in your life how much are you supporting others if you want uh, more communication in your life how much are you communicating with others um, that yeah. it, it pretty much works with anything right well so here's the, the the missing distinction that really made this different is that that we've heard that before you want more love be more loving and that's true but it's not the complete picture because a lot, especially for the people listening and those that are heart-centered, spiritually inclined, mm-hmm. most, a lot of heart-centered, spiritually inclined people already feel like they're giving so much of themselves to others. And when they hear that, they're like, oh, I'm already burned out and overwhelmed for taking care of everybody. Right. And I'm giving my services away for free. What more do you want from me? <laughs> and so <laughs> what we have to understand is that that has to first be applied to you. You, yes, so exactly. So if the love is missing, you have to love yourself more. Right. Then you're filled up because you right. cannot give what you don't have. Yeah, I always and say to people, it's like, you, you. I always say to people, you can't give from a cup that's half empty. You can only give yeah. from a cup that's overflowing because then you give from your abundance. Exactly. Yeah, beautiful. And then, the, and, the, and then the middle piece is now you have to give away what you have because that's what starts the circulation. That's what turns on the divine power plant. Mm. But then you, the third piece, again, it's often missing, is you have to receive that quality back. Right. So how many times do people compliment you and you go, oh, this old dress, that's yeah. nothing. I just threw this on. Oh, this <laughs> right. thing, oh, I just threw that together. Yeah. We deflect yeah. And we don't let the love and the support that's all around us get in. Right. And so we have to think of it like a breath. You have to first breathe in. Right. And then you have to breathe out. Right. But then you also, and it automatically will happen if you let it, you have to let the air come back in again. Mm. You must have all three pieces or it's a broken circuit. And we right. can fake our way through a lot of broken circuits because we don't see the effect immediately. Try faking it with your breath. try giving your breath away all day long you will not make it through the day no just holding your breath you won't make it you need it to be constantly circulating yes absolutely absolutely um now you've coached people and i imagine like like myself you've coached people who are in some pretty difficult situations at the time how do you help them to see how to apply these principles when they're in the middle of a, a very trying time or a loss or just a very difficult situation? 
Yeah, well, the first thing to understand is when you're in that struggle, you know, if you fall into quicksand, the thing you don't want to do immediately is struggle to get out. Right. Because you'll just get sucked in deeper. And so when we're in a challenging situation, the first thing we need to begin to do is take a breath, step back, and hold ourselves and the situation and what we're feeling about it mm -hmm. very tenderly, very patiently, and with compassion so that we can begin to get a little bit of expanded awareness around the situation. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, what happens is we react to it, and by reacting, we actually feed it more and more and more. And that's why Einstein said you can't solve a problem at the level of the problem. Right, at the level and of thinking that caused the problem. At the level yeah. of thinking of the problem, exactly. And so uh, we have to first stop reacting and right. begin to not become detached, but non-attached. So you're, you're present, mm -hmm. you're feeling what you're feeling, but you're not reacting, you're not creating more story, i.e. more karma. You're just present, holding it. And then, as we begin to feel the spin slow down, so we're not just running around unconsciously reacting to a pattern, now we have to move our attention from being a problem solver to a vision holder. In other words, the pain will push us until we have a vision big enough that pulls us. Hmm. And so we have to now begin to ask a bigger question, not why me, what's wrong with me, what's wrong with them, right. why God have you forsaken me? But what's the larger life trying to emerge by means of this? Hmm. What's the quality that's trying to be activated as a result of this condition? Hmm. Just like a forest fire is needed to activate the potential within the jack pine. Right. What is this fire, you know, trying to bring out of me? And that's a very more, much more expansive question. And right. we start asking those questions and then we can move to if I really knew I was supported by life, if I really knew I could be successful, what would I really want to be, do, create, or contribute? Hmm. Now we're starting, you can even feel that if you ask those questions versus why me, what's wrong with me, why isn't this working? You'll notice that energy will crimp your field and, yeah. and, and shrink your energy field or your channel, which leads to more stagnation. Right. But these questions, you feel it starts to open up. Right. Energy starts to flow again. Right. That was something so I learned a long time ahead. ago. There's something I learned a long time ago that sort of the, the quality of our life is determined by the quality of questions we ask ourselves when nobody is Absolutely. looking. And so when we ask ourselves, why is this happening? Why me? Why this? The, the unconscious mind will always find an answer for you and that will just make you feel right. worse. Whereas if you reframe it the way you're talking about in a more... Um, solution-focused or, or result-focused manner of, like, how does this serve me? How do, what, what is this trying to emerge from me? What is, what is the lesson in this for me? That then your mind will find that and you'll feel much better about the situation. Absolutely. And, there, and one of the distinctions I would add there is that it's not about asking the question, like, how do I solve this problem? Right. Because that brings you back into the, the level of the problem. Right. You, you, the solution to every problem is outside of the perimeter and parameters of the problem. Right. And so that's why Einstein said at the level of the thinking, thinking. of the problem, you right. have to get outside of that. Right. And once you do, it's, you can never solve a problem. Problems can't be solved. They're emblems of a, of a state of consciousness or a mm. vibration, mm. right? Like, like ice yeah. will always exist below 32 degrees. And even if you pour hot water on it, it's going to become more ice. Mm. So you have to rise to a higher temperature. Right. So problems aren't solved. They dissolve as we evolve. Ooh, we that's evolve a good one. Ooh. By having a bigger vision than your problem. Wow. And... That's also why Einstein later said arrows of hate have been shot in my direction many times, but they no longer can hurt me or touch me because I come from a world I no longer inhabit. Hmm. And that's what we do. We rise into a new frequency, a more expanded awareness. And in that higher frequency, many of our problems cannot exist. Right. So it, they seem to get resolved or to dissolve. 
Right. But it's just because we live in a world where they do not exist anymore. Right. Exactly. Beautiful. Okay. I want to hold it there. Believe it or not, it's time for us to take our last break of the show. <laughs> so hold that thought. And when we come back, we'll go talk about just, you know, uh, what you've learned from this and how our audience can apply it and where they can find your book and all that other and you and all that in your podcast and all that other good stuff. So everybody, including our latest viewers, Vincent, Alice, Jane and Steph, Stephen, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with Derek Rydell, author of the book, The Abundance Proje- Project. And we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth Tripp, your host of Nourish the Soul. Join me to uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to living a healthy life. Join us every Wednesday at my new time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.nyc. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with Derek Rydell, author of the book, The Abundance Project. So, Derek, I mean, this all kind of emerged from you, I guess, a a few years ago. Yeah. These principles, these ideas, these notions. Yeah. Well, the original um, breakthrough <clears throat> that ultimately led to my new life, you know, the kind of, you could say, spiritual opening happened mm-hmm. uh, about 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it took me, you know, a good number of years to really, truly embody or integrate it. Right. Um, the abundance, and it was in that time that the abundance principle revealed itself and I applied it to my own life and, and you know, it led to world travel and multiple homes and a global business, so I was sure that some, I was on to something, mm-hmm. and then I began to teach it and see similar results happen for people. Um, so it's been an ongoing evolution. Right. So when you started to, to teach it to others, like, did you find people had some resistance to it? Were there like challenges to people really grasping the concepts, or did it just flow very smoothly? Well, no. I mean, it, people when they hear me articulate in the way that I do, they usually get it and resonate with it and often to such a degree that it's like an aha moment for them. Mm. But the actual implementation and practice is another story. Yeah. And that's because the ego, there's an evolutionary artifact of the ego that it, it's, it's designed to prevent change. Yes. Um, you know, because in our evolution as a species, it was an ex- experiment. And if we changed too quickly, we wouldn't have made it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we would have gone to a place where there was no food or there was dangerous animals. If we just kept changing really fast, we wouldn't have been able to integrate all the, the newness. But that same thing now that helped us survive to now prevents us from really, truly evolving. So we have to override that. Mm-hmm. And so what it looks like is people start to do the work and then these ego thresholds come up and they sound very rational. 
-hmm. I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I don't have the support. I don't know how to do it. I'm overwhelmed. I'm confused, etc. And they think those are legitimate reasons to stop, slow down, back away, change tracks, follow another shiny object. And so one of the most important pieces of my coaching is to help people really see what's going on in those critical moments so they can cross that threshold because on the other side of it is where the next level of their expression lives. But most people mm -hmm. back away. It's like a plane going around the runway to get lift off speed and the cockpit starts shaking. If you're not a pilot, you're going to go, oh my God, we're in danger and slow down. But if you understand what's happening, you just push through it and the plane levels off once it gets through that particular threshold. Or like the sound barrier would be another example. So, so that's, the key, that's one of the critical things we have to override. Otherwise, it's like you know, the average person doesn't live 70 to 90 years. They live the same year 70 to 90 <laughs> times, right? Yes. Just changing jobs, changing locations, changing mates, changing cereal, changing their underwear, hopefully. Um, but they <laughs> Some never of us, yeah. really break through to the new version of themselves. And that's mm. what I help people get through. And that's one of the reasons why they get real results and they're sustainable results. Do you find that there are some common like blind spots when it comes to, to implementing this work or, or resistance or, or, or sort of like this, you know, programming within us that, that, that goes against sort of all these principles? Absolutely. Well, the, I, the one I mentioned is the most critical one. Right. And uh, the second one, which is connected is all about commitment. You uh -huh. know, people, you must commit, and commitment means sealing the container. It means stepping into the crucible and cl locking the emergency door behind you, sealing the pressure cooker so it's not leaking. Mm. And again, what happens is people commit until it gets hard, scary, boring, tedious, mm. confusing, or overwhelming, and then they misdiagnose that experience, and they break their commitment and go do something else or slow down or back off until the temperature gets back down again and then they end up starting all over again and they just loop around and around the runway. So that's, in my experience, the most critical thing. And in fact, I wanted to share one other little distinction because I heard your opening comments about sure. we have all the time in the world. And that is a spiritual truth. We are eternal. We will never die. We live forever. But here's where spiritual teachings get hijacked by the ego and actually hurt us. Because, yes, we are eternal. We will live eternally. But this incarnation is not eternal. Mm -hmm. And so you have all the time in the world, and in the now moment, you are in eternity. But you do not have all the time in the world to fulfill your mission here. And, in fact, the number one regret of the dying, not number two, three, four, five, but number one, is why didn't I go for it? Why did I keep telling yeah. myself tomorrow, tomorrow, next year, or I don't have the time, energy, money, support. Why, why didn't I go for it? Because on our deathbed, we realized we had been delaying and putting our life on the layaway plan. And now it is actually too late to fulfill this incarnation. So I really want people to understand that you have to learn how to hold both of these truths mm -hmm. simultaneously. Mm -hmm. I have all the time in the world so that you have a sense of spaciousness and presence. Right. And I have very limited time. I better get to work mm. on being and doing and contributing the thing I'm here for. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So uh, we're almost near the end of the show. I'm just curious. Do you know, is there more books inside of you coming out? What, what's next for Derek oh, Raydell? Oh, my God. There's like... I'm like an air traffic controller yeah. on the runway with all these planes <laughs> trying to land. And I'm like, oh, just be patient. We'll send up some fuel, but I got to land you one at a time. Uh, <laughs> there are so cool. many. There's so much in me that's, that's downloading. Awesome. Uh, there will be many more books, programs, and all that. But if they want to get this book, and yes. um, for a limited time, Next question. I'm giving, yeah, over $1,200 in bonus programs and actual live coaching to support you guys in actually creating your own abundance project. Now, I don't want the book to just become more shelf help. Right. I don't want your shelf to get better. I want you to get better. Right. So if you go to the abundance project book 
dot com, the okay. Abundance Project Book dot com, and you get it there through Amazon or Barnes and Noble or whatever. Put in your info. We're going to send you passwords and access to these other programs. It's this coaching support and to the Abundance Project Mastermind, so we can help you really get results. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you mentioned the Emergence Podcast. Yes, it's just called Emergence. But there's also the Abundance Project podcast. Ah. So while you're waiting for your book to come, go over to iTunes and download all the trainings for free under the Abundance Project podcast as well. Wonderful, wonderful. And do you have a website for the podcast? Um, well, the podcast is just the Abundance Project the Abundance. in iTunes. Mm-hmm. I think it's also on Stitcher. But you can mm-hmm. also go to my website, which is just DerekRydell.com. D-E-R-E-K-R-Y-D-A-L-L. Beautiful, Derek. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out to, to come on our show. You have to promise thank me you. that when you make it to New York City, you'll let me know ahead of time so I can get you here in studio and we can talk about your next book, okay? Oh, that would be wonderful. It that would be wonderful. Be awesome. I look forward to it. All right. Thank well, you fantastic. for all the awesome work you're doing, too. Ah, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. It's one of the reasons I love doing this uh, show is um, to be able to share with amazing people and meet amazing people like yourself. So thank you, Derek. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Take care. And thank you, my wonderful, loyal fans and listeners. Thank you for listening to the Facebook live stream. Thank you for listening on talkradio.nyc. And thank you if you're listening on the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes or a million and one places that we, we should be listed. So, and, and to let you know, we will be back next week, 12 noon Eastern. Uh, don't forget, there are more great shows on talkradio.nyc on Fridays. We've got 11 a.m. Building the Blockchain, 12 noon, Follow Me Friday. Friday with Joan and Priya and 1 p.m. Tony Martinetti, Nonprofit Radio. Thank you, guys. You're amazing. You're great. And I will speak with you next week. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, this is Bruce Chamoff, host of the Web Design and Technology Coach. Join me and my guests every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. as we discuss the latest in web design, social media marketing, search engine optimization, and technology. We also discuss popular topics including WordPress, making money online, better Google rankings, and more. Every month, we also feature the best unsigned music from around the world right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, The Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on talkingalternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? 
Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. listening to the Talking Alternative Network. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.